0: voice
1: america sports hey welcome all you sports fans you're listening to rail of sports on the voice america network boy i'm gonna sorry to say this but i'm without the number one co-host in the world fan man you know fan man is actually you know he's holding out fan man actually is trying to renegotiate his contract he, now he has a contract this is this is a sports talk show and and if we have a contract we've got a you know, we got to live up to that contract and fan, man, I want to be on your side, but you're holding out, man. I don't know. I, I want to make more money too, but I, I didn't hold out. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just having a little fun. No, actually a uh, fan man is taking care of a little personal business. And, uh, and so I hope he's able to take care of that. But for all of you out there who are listening, if you'd like to call in, you can call in at eight, six, six, four, seven, two, five, seven, eight, eight. Again, that number is four seven two. 5788, of course, with the prefix being a toll-free prefix of 866. And, uh, boy, as always, as I like to tell you, I like to inform those people who don't live here in the valley, it is gorgeous. This is the reason why people who, like myself, move from Ohio to Pennsylvania and then come on out here to Arizona because it's beautiful. It's like 78 degrees, you know, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Of course, there's no humidity And uh, I like to say that the sports teams are hot out here in the Valley right now. But, uh, you know, I don't want to hate on Shaq. Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, I love Shaq. And I think uh, they're going to come around. You know, just wait, give the Suns a little time, and uh, they're going to come around. But uh, it is uh, right now, speaking of uh, coming around, it's uh, time for those guys who hope to play in the NFL to come on around the mountain. Boy, it, it is time. It is the combine time. And it is, uh, you know, it's the time of which uh, if you've hoped and dreamed about getting an opportunity to make it to the National Football League, this is your time. (laughs) This is this is it. You got to You got to show up and you got to put up. And uh, some guys have been doing that. Uh, I've got the uh, I've got the list. Let me look at this here. Let me look at this. Yeah, I've got the list. I've actually got the list of about the top. Wow. I got at least, the, I think I got the entire list of those who were invited. So if there's somebody you want to talk about that was invited, give me a shout. Again, that number is 866-472-5788, and uh, we can talk about it. I know I'm going to have our, uh, our correspondent from the East Coast who covers uh, the entire NFL, but in, in, in specific, he focuses on the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Jeff Moshe is going to call in. Uh, we were there. We were at the Combine. And uh, Jeff will actually give you an update on, uh, you know, what he saw when he was there, uh, who he talked to when he was there, and um, give you some real insight on what that's all about. And um, I'll even share with you a little bit about my combine days so long ago. I won't re- I won't mention how long ago, but it it was actually an exciting time. It was nerve-wracking. Um, I did the best I could uh, at that time uh you're you're nervous oh man you're nervous but then again you're relaxed because you know you're only going to compete against those people you've been competing against your whole life it's uh for most of us at that time it was our senior year so either you compete against them at the high school level or at the college level so it's like it's not like it's new competition you just go out and do your best and uh they almost forgot about me until the very end of the draft and at that time we had 12 rounds and I was the next to the last draft pick in the entire draft. I was 331, actually the 27th pick of the 1981 draft, I'll tell you that, of the Philadelphia Eagles. And, of course, they didn't have the last pick because it went to the Raiders because the Raiders, of course, won that Super Bowl and they beat the Eagles. But uh, I'll tell you what's special about the combine is the fact that you were chosen and you're there. Because there's many guys that don't get a chance to get there. And um, being left out of being invited to the Combine puts you in a position to feel disappointed. And, of course, nobody wants to be disappointed at this time of the year. And also it gives you a better chance to, you know, kind of highlight and showcase your skills to to the scouts and to the team owners and the, and to the coaches that are there. And um, I did my best. And um I ended up getting drafted which meant also that I wasn't disappointed on draft day which happened to be my birthday when I got drafted but um, if you are a football player you want to get drafted it just puts you in a a different category than those who are not and when I went in even though I was not a first-round draft pick or second-round draft pick I was drafted but I was the only defensive back at that time that the Philadelphia Eagles drafted. So I felt special when I sat in the individual meetings because they wanted me. They drafted me. So guys, do your best. You know, this is a special day for you. Enjoy it. Relax. Have fun. And speaking of having fun, I'll tell you who I thought was having a lot of fun out there. I thought Chris Long was having fun. Chris showed up, uh, really did his thing, and, uh, you know, I'm sure he made his dad, you know, proud. His dad, we all know, uh, well, no, not everybody knows, because there's another Long out there, Mr. Long from Michigan. And uh, he he had a great uh, combine, too. But, uh, of course, Chris, the son of uh, Howie Long, the great Hall of Famer. Speaking of Hall of Famer, I want to say hello to my friends out there in uh, Canton, Ohio, my hometown. The home of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, as a matter of fact. Uh got a couple good friends of mine out there and I uh, want to say a special hello to them uh, in particular Dave Mods and, and Steve Perry who's the uh, executive director and also the chairman of the board uh, Ron Doherty, Ron and, uh, and the guys and Steve and Dave went out for the Super Bowl and uh, at the golf tournament in which Jim Brown had and we had a great time and I'm sure they're hoping that uh, perhaps maybe one day Chris like his dad may be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame but, of course, those guys do a great job out there, so I just wanted to send a shout-out to those guys. But who knows? There may be you know, these uh, prospects. Could be some future Hall of Famers on this list. Mm, let me see. Perhaps maybe Chris Long. Who knows? How about the Buckeye, Vernon Goldston? Is that a possibility? Mm, you never know, but I'll tell you what. I bet you there was a, a running back out there <laughs> that if anybody saw this guy, and I'm telling you, when I saw Derrick McFadden run the 40-yard dash, I'm thinking, oh, my God, he, he must be a track star. You know, it didn't, I didn't see football in the way he ran that 40 at all. It didn't say football. It said Olympic sprinter. I mean, when you looked at Adrian Peterson's 40 last year and you saw the way he ran, I thought he, he ran a great 40, don't get me wrong, but I thought he struggled a little bit compared to when I saw McFadden run I mean McFadden looked very 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 smooth and um, I think that'll result in um, compensation <laughs> I mean a lot of compensation and speaking of compensation and a lot of compensation the compensation may go up because I understand somebody by the name of uh, Mr. Jones Jerry Jones may be interested in uh, you know and the young man being a Dallas Cowboy what do they need they need playmakers <laughs> everybody listen that's what it's all about guys you know you got this this combine going on but when it's all said and done we're all watching the combine but how does that translate into production on the football field you must be able to be a football player who makes plays on the football field if you don't do that I don't care how fast you are you can run you know you can run a 4 140 and they throw the ball to you Tom Brady throws the ball to you, and you drop it <laughs> you gotta catch the ball you know, you can be a linebacker, you can be a D-line, you can, whatever, and, you know, move, get to the ball carrier, and, and you don't have any control over your body, and he jukes you, and you're gone. You know, so some of these drills that you see, there's a reason why you see them going through those drills, because, you know, you may look at it and think, wow, what's this all about? But those scouts, and many of those drills that you're running today, they are actually, those are probably what they call scout drills. And they're not coaching drills. Coaching drills will be something a little bit different than the scout drills. But that's this is for the purpose of the scouts. The owners are there. The coaches are there too. But I think this is set up more something that the, the scouts kind of put together, and so they want to see what those guys can do. But I, I'll tell you, when I when I saw Mr. McFadden, and he's got a, he's got a teammate who's there of his that is there as well. And I think Mr. Jones probably ran something like a four four seven. I mean, when you 447, I, I don't think people really think about it. It's like, okay, wait a second. 447, let me think about this. Hold on for a second. Okay, do you, do you see that, that pause there? Somebody just ran 40 yards. I'm going to do that again for you guys. Hold on a second, hold on, hold on. Gone. 40 yards, that fast. It's like, whew. If you turn your head one way and then you turn your head the other way, <laughs> By the time you get it back and wait a second, somebody ran 40 yards. Man, that's amazing. <laughs> that is truly amazing. And you need those. those, those you do need speed. Speed, it, it kills. It wins. It makes the difference. You know, it's why one team is better than the other. I'm so tired of hearing people say Ohio State, the Big Ten, doesn't have enough fast guys, They don't have enough speed. Well, what it is, that's not true. When you put those guys on the clock, they do well. But what kind of football player is he? Does that person he's is he able to trans that transfer that speed on the on the on the field of a of a of a track to the field of a football field? If you can't do that, if you can't run that same time in pads, uh you're no good to your team. If you're not quick and really in football, Football is more of a quick game than it is a fast game. Because very few times are you going to get a chance to run 40 yards. If, if somebody's running 40 yards on you, hey, your team's probably not doing too well. <laughs> You're probably not going to be winning too many games. I mean, there's, every now and then you've got long kickoff returns. But, again, there's a lot of blocking going on there. But, you know, if a guy to get a ball out of the backfield and run 40 yards, obviously there's minor or minor, some good blocking going up, on up front. But somebody in the secondary and some of those linebackers have missed some tackles and now that person who is you know got his speed up his momentum up wow he's going downfield and you know once they shift it to the next gear then that's why you know you look at the cornerbacks and it's extremely important for the cornerbacks and the safeties to have good speed because if that running back is able to get it going and adrian peterson or McFadden, these guys run these four threes these four fours if they get it going you gotta have somebody who's got that speed or better to run them down so that that's why it's important to have that kind of speed because you want somebody you want to have a McFadden in your backfield whereas if you hand the ball to him any down there's a chance he can take it the distance and once he's into the secondary there's a chance he's gonna outrun that secondary that's why it's important to have those guys on your team you gotta have playmakers and I want to commend Jerry Jones for wanting to step up and think about perhaps maybe trading up so that he can get that number one pick from the Miami Dolphins. And I know somebody else who did that recently. Um, the New York Giants, didn't they just win the Super Bowl? Uh, anybody out there besides me who understands it makes sense to do that? So, uh, you know, uh, we'll talk about that. I think I hear a little bit of music, so we got to take a break. Uh, I appreciate you listening. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. And uh, we'll be right back after this message.
0: The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred.
2: I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy.
0: In- <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We
1: playing around here.
0: Voice America Sports.
2: In the great scheme of things, a minute isn't all that much, unless you happen to have a stroke. All of a sudden, those minutes count, minutes that could mean losing your ability to talk, move, or walk, which is why, if you can get help in time, your stroke can be treated. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face. If you experience this, call 911 immediately. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE-TODAY. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council.
1: Hey, we got a little slice of family stones there. We're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. And uh, I believe we got Jeff uh, Holding. Jeff, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, how you doing there, Jeff?
3: Good. Uh, great.
1: Honest. You know, Jeff, you, uh, man, I, I, I'll tell you what, you are probably the most admired man of a lot of men mm-hmm. uh, out here right now because you got a chance to do something uh, that very few men Outside of those who work for the NFL or those who hope to be, uh, you know, a form a, a, a player, a future player, mm-hmm. uh, or an executive, I mean, you were actually at the NFL Combine, man. You know, so so you're going to get a chance right now because you and I are going to talk about this for a while to let some people live their dream through you. So why don't you you give us a little inside track of what you got a chance to observe, who you got a chance to talk to, what you got a chance to see. Just, man, talk about that.
3: Well, it's important for me to first start out here, Ray, and let you know that I was there um, for four days from Thursday to Sunday. Um, However, there might be a little bit of a misconception. I was not privy to being in and neither was really any of the mainstream media allowed to be inside the RCA dome uh, watching most of these uh, events and drills going on. So basically, there is a big media room that hold held about, I'd say, you know, between 200 and 300 of us. And uh, what they do is, once these guys are finished getting through their tests or their exams or things like that, um, they'll be ushered into the media room. So we got a chance to talk to a lot of these college prospects, um, and it was a lot of work. It was a lot of waiting around hallways for certain coaches, GMs, and agents to walk by and ask them pressing, you know, questions about pressing matters in the nfl but um as far as all those workouts and stuff whatever you saw at home whatever the the average fan saw at home uh was what i saw on a tv inside the media room too uh i'm not saying that wasn't it wasn't an enjoyable experience but um it was a lot of work and uh the, the one thing we did get to do i was part of a group of 30 people who got to watch uh the quarterback workouts on sunday uh just one group of them but it was the good group um so that, that, that was a, an interesting part.
1: Yeah, you got uh, a chance. You, you got a chance to watch the, the quarterbacks work out. And and I, I was watching a little bit of it. Well, I, in fact, I watched all of it, I'll be
3: honest. And uh-huh. I was watching it on TV. <laughs> it's okay. Let it go, Ray. Admit it. <laughs> there
1: you go. Uh, I, I have a 15 year old son, and I'm, I'm trying to uh, give him a perspective about what the National Football League is about, uh-huh. and not just my perspective. Because, you know, I remember Michael Jordan once said something about his son. Uh, he was on Oprah one time and he said, You know, you got to realize, to my son, I'm not Michael Jordan. I'm dad. Right. You, know, you guys may see me as Michael Jordan, but. I'm just dad, and he much rather hear something from somebody else than hear it from dad. And so sure. I'm experiencing that now too. I'm not Michael Jordan, but again, to my son, I'm just dad. So mm-hmm. when there's something that I've shown him and I've told him over and over again, and he gets to see it on TV, mm-hmm. he still won't give dad credit for saying, "Oh yeah, you told me that, dad." But anyway,
3: uh-huh. well, <laughs> you know, mean, to expand on that, Ray, what your son probably wouldn't know that I can probably provide. Um, is that what you see on TV is great. Everybody, you know, the fan sees the drills and the and the workouts. And, you know, there's a camaraderie between the guys that kind of establish, is established uh, as they go through these drills, and they kind of root for each other as they run the 40s and the bench press. But there's also a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that, that really shows that the combine is, is rigorous for these guys. There's interviewers and MRIs. I mean, I can't tell you how many guys had to be, inter- you know, poked and prodded how many hundreds of times by different doctors and everything has to be x-rayed and sent to the hospital and then you know that doesn't even start with the interview process where you have to interview with 60 teams and you get 15 minutes per team and they ask you you know questions and some of them are, are embarrassing like you know how many children do you have you know they'll ask how many children you have without even knowing if you have any or not just to see if you'll be upset or offended by that question you know it's a real it's a real test of your of your, uh, mental fortitude as much as anything, uh, of your physical attributes.
1: Yeah. And, and I, and I remember, you know, you know, back in the day, even when they would ask us, you know, different questions and, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're very nervous. You try to prepare, but mm-hmm. still, you know, it's just, you know, thinking that, you know, this is, as I've said before, this is an extended job interview. One as as probably the most thorough job interview you'll ever go through in your life. Right. You know, so it just doesn't have to do with what you do on the field. It's actually those questions and everything. But I, I wanted to talk about one particular thing. And I kind of saw there was a different of opinion. And that's okay because they actually said, uh, you know, that it is subjective to each individual. Uh-huh. You know, because one person may look at one guy and think one thing. Another guy may look uh-huh. at him and think another thing. But, you know, I heard... And I, I I think if I'm not mistaken, I don't. I think it was, perhaps maybe, it was Mike Maylock who mm-hmm. uh, he and Marshall were going back and forth about the, the quarterback from Kentucky mm-hmm. compared to the quarterback from Delaware. Right. And and Mike's opinion was, you know, you can't go by the competition that they played against. And uh-huh. I'm not sure I agree on that. I, I think if I'm going to evaluate a person's talent, mm-hmm. I would much rather see him play against you know, very good competition as opposed against, excuse me for lack of a better, you know, mm-hmm. in comparison, the sisters of the poor. Right. You know, I want to see him play against somebody, you know, a good team. Sure. And so what do sure. you think about that?
3: Well oh that's definitely and, and that's you know, use the 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 quarterback, uh Andre Woodson from Kentucky and the Joe Flacco from Delaware, that almost is a microcosm of the entire uh combine process. The argument is are you do coaches get more enthralled with some of these times that they see and some of these, you know, great workout warriors, or are they more impressed by game tape when, they, when it comes to deciding uh, who they're going to take in the draft? And, you know, 90% of the coaches – Will tell you that the combine, you know, is more about the interview process because there's really, really the rest is just a, 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 it's a test of numbers. But do these numbers really mean anything? How can you gauge a quarterback based on these six or seven drills that he does when there's no defense, there's no pass rush, there's none of the the leadership, the command of the huddle. So um, it really is. It's kind of an old school versus new school way of of looking at you know an athlete, and it's not just the quarterback; it's everyone. But so I think that there are. Uh, both Marshall and, and Mike were right in that, in that sense, because Andre Woodson, being in Kentucky and playing in the SEC, has certainly proved that he can do some good things against great competition, and certainly the same can be said for Flacco, where his, he's played at 1AA Delaware, where the speed of the game is a little bit slower, as, uh, from, from the offense to the defense, and he really hasn't proved himself against the big-time uh, competition. But on the other hand... You know, Joe Flacco really helped himself at this combine. He had the strongest arm out of all the quarterbacks, no doubt about it. And he's six foot five, and that's kind of what you look for in your quarterback, right? The strong arm, the tall guy who can see over his receivers. So, um, there will certainly be divided opinion, and that's uh, it's all going to be analyzed and dissected as they go into the, you know, for the next few months before the draft.
1: Well, you know, I, I have a, um, a friend of mine that I talk to many times, and, and he's a scout. And one thing that he always – he does emphasize to me mm-hmm. is he, he says, you know, there's a reason why there are certain players that are at Division One schools and then there's those who are at smaller schools. Right. And and it's probably because of where they were at that time of their career coming out, mm-hmm. they probably were not good enough to play at those Division One schools. Now, some Correct. kids do become late bloomers. Right. Uh, but then there's others uh, that don't. But I, I can oh, I can say this. I think there's definitely a psychological edge when an athlete, you know, finds himself competing against another athlete uh-huh. that he feels as if probably performed at an inferior school or division. Right. So y- you got a guy, you know, like uh, you know, like the long kid from Michigan, mm-hmm. and and he's, uh, you know, he's going to go up against a. Let's say uh, a defensive lineman from Delaware, mm-hmm. he's probably going to feel a lot more confident going against that guy mm-hmm. than when he comes up against Goldston from, you know, Ohio State. Absolutely, you know?
4: absolutely.
1: And, and, and so I think psychologically, the players, and 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 it's all, all this sports is so much about a psychological advantage I I, you know you know even running track you know if you're Uh in the inside lane you're in the outside lane you know that that's even you gotta get yourself mentally prepared you know for that person on that inside lane you're on the outside so it's so much more that goes into this thing as opposed to but you cannot rule out Mm -hmm. the fact that somebody went to a smaller school and somebody went to a bigger school
3: Uh, absolutely a hundred percent and um you know if anything I think the combine doesn't really make guys who go, you know, you don't see a guy go from the sixth round all of a sudden to being a first-round pick. And if anything, it's a guy who might be a borderline first day, and then he, he is either, either he is or he isn't a first day. You know, you don't see too much jump in stock. But I think the combine does help the little guy, the guy from the small school, out a little bit more because they may have not been on as many radars, and then they can come to the combine and, and really show what they can do. Uh, a guy who comes to mind is Dexter Jackson, a wide receiver out of Appalachian State who was on some radars but not so many but he came to the combine and he really did a heck of a j- actually he had a great senior bowl uh just like joe flacco and that's really what boosted his stock and then he came into the combine and showed that he can run and he can do some of these physical uh um exams that that they weren't sure of so if, if anything i think it does help the the smaller school guy out a little bit more than the big school guy
1: And I I think something else that helps these guys, too, is, uh, you know, I I was often asked about, you know, a decision of going to schools and and why some guys go to smaller schools. Uh But I'm telling you, I think the TV exposure certainly helps some people because, you know, a a team like Appalachian State, you know, playing against Michigan to get an opportunity, you know, to have a great game and to win. And then also... I think those 40 times are extremely important because you play a team like Michigan and then somebody hears you run a sub 4-4, four four, you run mm-hmm. a 4-4. Four four, mm-hmm. Well, then you're going to get an opportunity because speed is certainly one of those things that's a trigger to get someone's attention. You hear about this blazing speed, and all of a sudden somebody wants to go see if, it's, if you really have it. But then once you get to that combine, I know as someone who was and prime time kind of said this, and, and I, I was hoping that people had picked up on this a long time ago. It certainly happened, and and I'm nowhere near on this level of Mr. Lott, Uh. but it happened to Ronnie Lott. You know, Ronnie was one of those guys back in the day, like myself. I was a person who, at the Ohio State University, (laughs) I played corner. (laughs) But then when it came to the draft, and I ran a four six four. It's like, okay, no, we're not going to put him out there on the corner. Mm-hmm. We already got Herman Edwards out on the corner, who's you know running somewhere in that time. You know, mm-hmm. we got Roy Neil Young in there, so we're going to move Ray to a safety. Mm-hmm. So what you do if you take, uh, a, like Dion said, you know, somebody who perhaps maybe. Is a good corner and a good cover guy, but not a great corner, mm-hmm. but can cover. Now you can move that person to safety. And right. we started doing that during my generation. You know, like I said, Ronnie. You know, Ronnie made All Pro at safety and at corner. Yeah. You know, I think he made it at at, at corner, strong safety, and free safety. So right. just you know, that's way above me. But right. certainly. We were, you know, a generation of, of a bigger athlete that you took him from the corner and you moved him to safety. Uh-huh. And so when you get these guys that, that come in, what you really want to do is those drills, you want to see those guys, if they can move their hips, if they can cover, not just run, but if they can particularly, if a guy gets up on him, if he can turn, and open his hips up and, and start running and has that burst that's necessary. Did you see, did you get a chance to see any of that today or, you know, with the linebackers over the weekend?
4: Well, I,
3: well, you know, again, I saw as much on TV as I like, as I could. Um, there certainly is a it, it, what you were saying really makes a difference as far as uh, like you said the linebackers. Um, you know, for a guy, take a guy like Dan Connor for example, who is just excellent against the run. He's he's a you know Penn State middle linebacker expected to go you know somewhere mid to late first round, uh, maybe, but he might fall into the second round. And what they're saying is he's great against the run, but when you see him up against um, running backs and coverage out of the backfield his hips, his hip movement, his technique isn't as solid. And despite having, you know, two All-American seasons at Penn State and winning the Butkus and winning the Bidneric and all that, um, it seems like that kind of that technique, is, or his lack of technique in that area, uh, is hurting him a little bit, and therefore forcing, um, or maybe some other guys who aren't as accoladed or as heralded, to to kind of usurp Dan in the draft. So yeah. uh, th- hey, those are hey, all hey, types hey. of things being studied,
1: right? Hey Jeff, hold on to that. We're going to finish some of that. You're listening to of Sports on the Voice America Network. When you hear that music, of course, we got to pay some bills, so we're going to pay some bills, and we'll be right back after these messages.
5: If you love sports and like food, or like sports and love food, or are anywhere in between, Sports Bites might just become one of your favorite ways to spend your lunch break. Broadcasting Thursdays at 12 o'clock noon on the West Coast, it's Sports Bites with Chef Dye, a delicious, enlightening, and entertaining mix of sports, food, and celebrity athletes. Yummy. Don't miss Sports Bites with Chef Dye, Thursdays at noon on the Voice America Sports Channel.
0: Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough there. Shot. got it With 2.8 seconds left to I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports.
4: All right,
1: we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. And, of course, we have our... NFL correspondents from the East Coast, Jeff Mosher, with us, and we're we're talking about the draft and nope, and bad the combine. Today, right? And uh, Jeff, you still there?
3: Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah, I can. Uh, let Let me ask you something. You know, as as you watch some of these guys out there, was there anybody you think perhaps maybe didn't do himself justice, and perhaps maybe he, he slipped? Uh, yeah, but his performance in the draft.
3: Well, uh, let's. We can start out with the, the obvious. Um, through through no fault of his own. Uh, Cody fagg uh, suffered a uh, Florida State wide receiver was just doing a drill and uh, one of those you know tap tap drills where he was just trying to reel in the ball at the sideline mm-hmm. and um, I don't know if you heard or saw about it but he just went down to his knees and it looks like a very what what I'm what's being reported now is as a career threatening injury and he may never play again
1: I, uh, I, yeah, I saw is that and is, is it really going to be that bad
3: um as, as far as some of the reports of some people who were there they said it was it was. It didn't look good from the start, and uh, you know, as he was being attended to, he was he was obviously in a lot of pain, and they're calling it a, uh, either a break of, of the knee or the shin area. I mean, it, wow. it just doesn't sound good. There were, wow. There's a lot more negative reports than positive reports coming out, and you hate to see a guy, uh, you know, get hurt of all times at the combine when it's his really only chance to prove himself in front of every team.
1: Yeah, that's right, and and I know this is something that the average person out there probably doesn't want me to start talking about at this time, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I'm hoping that he had a Lords of London policy in yes. place, or that they took one out on all the guys that they considered right. to be draft choices for right. their future earning potential. That was my
3: first thought as, as well, Ray.
1: Yeah, I'm surely they hope that, and if, and and hopefully he maybe at this time. Because mm-hmm. I think now he could have some representation, but I just I, I hope they do that because that's the business part of sports that a lot yeah. of people don't understand. Yeah. And if that's a career-ending injury, you know, that's a kid that had an opportunity, to, you know, to perhaps make a lot of money. He won't yeah. get a chance yeah. to.
3: And the, well, the thing is, the problem with that is he was not projected to be uh anything higher than a 6th or 7th round pick at best so that you know it's i guess it would have been harder to kind of a hard to insure him for a lot of money when he wasn't even guaranteed to even have a roster spot you know well,
1: so. yeah you know but when you think about it you know today i think the average salary is maybe what 250 Yeah,
3: (laughs) probably more than that. (laughs) You know,
1: so for the average, you know, person out there, you know, a quarter of a Uh million dollars, that's a lot of money. You know, you pay two years, that's a half a million dollars. You know, the average person may not make that. I don't know, you know, depending on what it's worth, you know. Certainly based upon the income of the average American, won't make that in a a lifetime. Listen, we've got Joey who's going to join us on the line there. Joey from uh, Arizona. Joey, you on the line? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, how you doing here, Joey? Good, how you doing, Ray? Great. We we also have uh, Jeff with us as well. So uh, I Hi, believe you had a comment or so, Joey. You want to go ahead with it?
4: Oh, I just wanted to see what Jeff thought, like who was the biggest mover like in the combine so far, just because I know that uh, mm-hmm. Jake Long's had like an awesome combine and just things like that, and they're already talking about him uh, yeah. going first to the Dolphins, even over Dorsey. So
3: Yeah, Jake Long uh, w- had, a, had a very good combine. Again, you can't really help yourself too much when you're already a top five pick. Right. But um, <laughs> my impression is that, and Ray, and we can talk about this even closer to the draft. That if Miami trades the number one pick um, and it to someone else, that's the only way I see Matt Ryan going number one. I really think that Jake Long has a really good shot at being the number one overall pick, and same with Chris Long. But, you know, an offensive lineman, a defensive lineman. Uh, we know that Miami likes linemen. We know Bill Parcells likes linemen, and. Uh, The way Jake Long played, I think he really established himself as a top three pick.
1: So, well, let me ask you something. You know, Atlanta certainly would be a likely choice, but they're a number three spot. You don't think they'll take the chance to wait to see if he's there at three?
3: Well, Atlanta needs so much help. I mean, uh, they may not take that chance, so they may try to trade up if they could, but... um you know, they also need quarterback help, too. So, uh, Well, that's be, what I mean,
1: quarterback. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Atlanta might go after, uh, you know, Matt Ryan at that number one spot if they did that.
3: It would not surprise me. I mean, they, you know, it all starts with quarterback uh, for some coaches, and and uh, Matt Ryan is the highest rated one. So, Certainly work
1: for the Giants.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, as far as who helped themselves uh, besides Jake Long, I mean, uh, obviously Flacco and Chad Henney were, were the two standout quarterbacks there. Uh, You know, it's looking, to me, it wouldn't be surprising to me if Flacco was the second quarterback taken in the draft behind Matt Ryan. I don't know where, but, you know, that could be mid or late first round, but there was a lot of speculation that Brian Brom would be the guy to go second, but um, it looks like Flacco is really changing a lot of minds and being 6'5", 235 pounds, you know, and having easily the best arm out of all of them, of all the quarterbacks, might really be in his favor. Uh, Another he's like Chicago?
4: I'm sorry? Maybe somewhere like Chicago or something? Maybe
3: somewhere like Chicago. You know, anybody who needs a quarterback at this point. The only thing is, uh, and Ray and I were talking about this, he is considered, for all his great attributes, a little bit of a project. So if Chicago is looking for a win-now quarterback, they may be a little hesitant to go after uh, to, uh, to go after Joe. And, uh, you know, again, I think he's, he's more of a team that, you know, may have a quarterback right now for the next two years, but really looking for down the road, you know, two or three years.
1: Hey, Joey, let me ask you a question. You know, Jeff says something that's interesting right there. You know, he said they're looking for a win now quarterback. In your opinion, how long do guys wait, do teams wait for guys to actually become productive? Do you wait a couple years for a guy, or do you want somebody to step in right away for the teams that you root for?
4: Uh, I hope, just because I'm a big Cardinals fan, that they wait, because I'd like to see what happens with with, uh, Liner here, but I don't know, with uh, as much money as it's costing these guys, and as much uh, work as Going into it, I think three years is a uh, pretty good idea. You know, well, three years worth of starting. Uh, you know, maybe not Carson Palmer because he sat on the bench for so long. Mm-hmm. But, you know, got to give him a few years, I think.
3: You know, it just may be a year that's needed for Flacco, honestly. He's got the tools. Um, you know, the, the big question is that he comes from uh, a mostly spread, uh, you know, a spread offense and he didn't take a lot of snaps from under center. And footwork was supposed to be a concern, but... But work was not a. I mean, he ran the the, the forty in like a four seven, which for a six foot five guy is really not all that bad. And uh, he's been working excellent. a lot on taking snaps from under center, so he might not be. He is perceived to be a project, but he may not. It, you know his his learning curve might be quicker than the perceptions are.
1: Hey guys, I you know I can say this and my grandmother's deceased, but I you know Tom Brady couldn't run as fast as my grandmother, you know. <laughs> there you so go. <laughs> so I, I don't think the 40 time is is, is going to make that much difference to him. I think his his foot movement will be extremely important, you know, how he handles himself in the pocket, if he's able to buy a little time, you know, shuffle here, step up, mm-hmm. you know, if he's able to see the whole field, his football IQ will be extremely important. But, you know, you know, talking about a quarterback and, and, you know, how long it should take this guy to step in, you know, I'm going to switch the subject real fast, and I'm going to throw it over there to the NFC East, in particular to the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. And Donovan McNabb has a guy who's been sitting behind him for a year now. Does the guy step in this year, and, and what do the Eagles do? Do they, do they shop Donovan? Well, because, you know, as I a matter of fact, Joe the Eagles Banner got the first this, pick. Uh,
3: on Thursday night, Ray, and he's, once again, insistent that Donovan McNabb isn't going anywhere. He's going to be in Philadelphia now and for the long term. And that uh, there's just really no question about it. And I, I specifically said to Joe, well, I understand that that's your plan, but what if you can't help yourself? What if Chicago comes out and says, here, I'll give you two first rounders or, you know, uh, you know three first rounders, you know, and really anybody starts dangling really good stuff in front of you. And he said he would just prefer to stick by his statement that Donovan McNabb is the quarterback for the Eagles for now and for the future
1: well you know he he says that but they've said a lot of things i mean nfl coaches period they've always mm-hmm. said a lot of things and when it when it comes to draft day then Things happen that, you know, yep. like, wow, where did that one come from? But uh, certainly, I mean, you look at the NFC East. I don't know if they – well, obviously they won the Super Bowl. So they must be a very strong division because, as a matter of fact, I don't think anybody in NFC East has a draft pick until the 19th pick of the draft. Is that right?
3: That would be right because uh, the Cowboys pick after that. Uh, yeah, the Eagles are the highest at 19th. The Giants pick 32nd. So. Wow. wow. the Redskins are twenty. Yeah, the Redskins are
1: down there. Yeah, they're,
4: yeah. Yeah, they're down 21. there as well. well
1: so, yeah. let, let, let's talk a little about the Arizona Cardinals. I think the Cardinals need a corner or a safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think, Joey?
4: Uh, I think there would be a great. Aren't they moving Roll to safety though? You know, do you think they need another one? Well, think you know, need, the, like, the thing hold, about it? you
1: know what I think. I think they. I think they. What happened was, I think there was a game during the season, and Roll for some reason had to step in at the nickel position, but he he was at a nickel safety. And, and he had an interception. I think he ran for a touchdown or something like that.
4: He had three that game, didn't he?
1: Yeah, but one in particular, I think he ran for an interception. And I think they got a little excited about it. Now, here, here goes what Deion was talking about. Deion was talking about, okay, maybe you take a guy who is not a great corner but can cover and can run and move him to the safety position. And what happens sometimes, and, you know, one of my favorite defensive backs of my life, besides Ronnie Lott, if I could be anybody else, guys, in life on the football field, it would be Ronnie Lott. <laughs> but the other guy I would like to be, too, if I came back, you know, I got a chance to play football, Oh, Rod Woodson. And when you think about both of these guys, yeah. you know, they move from corner and they move to safety. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, is Roll going to be able to do that? I mean, these guys were very good corners first, mm-hmm. and then they moved into safety as as age kind of caught up with them and injuries and the things like that. I'm, I, you know, Roll may be able, to, particularly when we know it's a passing situation. But something else that Deion said too is is that guy going to come up and smack you in the face? And that's what that's what safeties really do in football. You know, I remember I was told, listen, we pay you to hit. Don't worry. Hanford and many will cover. We pay you to hit some corners and, and primetime always tells everybody, listen, they don't pay us to tackle. We we cover. So that safety's gotta be somebody who's able to hit as
3: well. Now you got uh, Arizona already has a Pro Bowl safety. Am I correct? Oh, we have strong Major safety. Wilson oh has. yeah. Oh right. yeah. And yeah. Now,
1: Adrian Wilson. Yeah, we got one of the best in the game. Yes. Right.
3: Right. And didn't you guys they sign in the offseason last year uh, Rod Hood from the Eagles? They released him, I believe.
1: Yeah. Well, Rod I, – I, and, and wow. I think I, I, I thought I heard that. I'm not sure, but Roderick was a little inconsistent. He, you know, he consistently did some things well, and he consistently did some things bad. Mm-hmm. So I kind of put the inconsistent, you know, tag on him. Right. And and they need. I mean, they need, a, you know, a, a shut-down corner. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not sure, you know, uh, I, I saw one of the guys today, uh, the guy from Kansas. Now, I, the guy from Kansas, guys, I got to say, uh, he did not impress me. He's yeah. got too much going on up in the shoulders. You know, his, his, his hips are not, I don't know. He's going to have to really work on some things for me to pick him. Yeah. You know, a corner, you know, these guys are smooth. They're pretty. They backpedal at ease. They, they actually look like McFadden. When he was running that 40-yard dash, that was a thing of beauty. Look at his face. I mean, look at the guy. When he's running the 40-yard dash, guys, this is how you can tell the guys that have gone someplace and people have been working with them on their 40, as opposed to the guys that are natural sprinters. You can look at their face. Mm -hmm. Look at McFadden's face. smooth. Even if you look at Adrian Peterson last year, you know, Adrian, he was kind of tight and all that. But, gosh, the man was so fast. But – when you find one of these cornerbacks out here they got to be fast they got to be smooth mm-hmm. and they got to do things with ease it's like that is some that's what you see god gifted talent mm-hmm. in these cornerbacks and that guy I, from kansas i didn't see that the way he opened up and turned his hips and yeah nah, i didn't see that today
3: from, from what i gather um both uh guys that is that cornerback this year is not it's deep with a lot of okay guys but it's not not like last year where you had daryl uh, Revis out of pit and um leon hall out of michigan you don't I haven't heard those real studs. You know, you talk about Akim Talib, and yeah, there were some questions about him. The guy who I think has really established himself is another small school guy, and he, he's probably going to be available around when the Cardinals are picking. And that's uh, Tennessee State's Antonio Rogers Cromarty. That's right. He may be around. Everybody hey, since hey, the senior bowl. I
1: hate to cut you off, guys. Listen, we got to take a break. Got to pay some bills, but hold on. We'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network, and we'll be right back.
5: JackLalane.com presents Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine LaLane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris LaLane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how, three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network.
1: Okay, again, we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. And, uh, you know, if you listen to that segue when we come back, and, you know, one of those uh, guys on there said, I think the coach just made a mistake, guys. Hey, I want to switch it a little bit. And, uh, you know, sometimes GMs make mistakes with the pick that they make. And uh, you're looking at. The Tunas on the hot seat, Miami Dolphins, hey, they got the first pick in the draft. And then you got, you know, the St. Louis Rams, and then you got the Atlanta Falcons, and then you got the Oakland Raiders, and then you got the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think you're looking at some franchises there where perhaps maybe the people, the fans of those teams have some options to do some other things besides support their football teams unless they're hot. So putting those GMs on the hot seat, starting with the tuna Hey, we're talking about a cornerback out here, perhaps, maybe. Uh, They may be, you know, the first pick of draft. We're talking about an offensive lineman. We're talking about a defensive lineman. We're talking about a quarterback. What do you guys think uh, is the responsibility and the role of that GM to make sure uh, that they pick the right person uh, to make sure that the fans are happy? Because you know what happened when Reggie Bush wasn't picked by a team out there. uh, You know, the fans getting a big uproar. Talk a little bit about that, guys.
3: Well, in my opinion, I just think that whoever the GM is, Ray, he 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 can't cave to fan pressure because obviously the Houston Texans didn't do a bad thing by taking Mario Williams. He had 14 sacks last year, um, but I think it's important to have an identity. If it, it's important to know what you're how you're going to build your football team, especially in a case where you take over a team that's very bad, like Atlanta or uh, Miami is, and stick with that identity. Now, it is, I think, Bill Parcells' identity to always start with defense. And build through the offensive and defensive lines, actually, and not not just the defense the lines, so that's why I, I get the impression that if he keeps the number one pick, he goes with either chris or jake long
1: uh well, you know you know talking about cave and fan pressure, you know one thing about it is, is down there in New Orleans when they had that pick and, and they made that pick, you know, and they picked Reggie Bush and the team you know and i I think it was the emotion that spilled over, of course, everybody knows about Hurricane Katrina, and the motion and the uplift that the team gave to the city. And I, I think that was just, you know, uh, you know, the right time and the right pick in that particular draft. Mm-hmm. But what it did is it. But it's still the football team improved and they made it into the playoffs. And, you know, it weren't so good last year, obviously. But I think that's important when you have, you know, that high of a draft pick or if you're in the top five, that you need to bring somebody in that really makes an impact to your football team. And, and I just think as a GM that you really need to, you know, that's kind of how you make your name for yourself. You know, when you're able to, to really evaluate talent, understand what your team needs. Because I don't think this is a league of five years anymore. I, that, I don't think that happens anymore. You don't get five years to build a team. I think you really get three years to build a team. That fourth year, if you don't win, I mean, that's, believe it or not, Coughlin was probably out. If he doesn't make it to the playoffs and into the Super Bowl like he did this year, I think he was on the other end of this coin that they flipped, and now all of a sudden he's going to get an extension. <laughs> so I just don't believe you have that long of a period of time to make an impact. I think you've got to make this is the uh, the, the generation, the microwave generation, and that's what we want with our sports teams. So I, I think, you know, tuna has been around. He's... He's won the Super Bowl with the Giants, you know. He uh, came to the Cowboys organization, and he kind of revitalized that organization. And I think they're looking for that same thing to happen down in Miami, you know, almost a team that didn't win a game last year, you know. I, I think they're expecting those things, big things out of him down there, too.
4: Mm-hmm. And, and, callers, I, and, I think, and, and that it? pick, I, I, I yeah, really so, think that oh, pick okay. needs to
1: make an impact.
4: Go ahead. Oh, no, I I agree 100%. I think that uh, whoever Miami goes with has got to make an impact. The only thing about, you know, the whole fan support stuff, the the one boring pick they might take is long, uh, the offensive tackle, because it's not really a big uh, superstar, you know, position, mm-hmm. which is kind of boring for Tuna. But, you know, if they need it, they need it. And if he's any half as good as the kid from uh, the, the the Browns took last year, I mean, what kind of pick is that going to turn out to be? You exactly.
3: Know? I was going to point to Clea. You know, all you have to do is look at Cleveland, who, You know, added some pieces, found a quarterback in Derek Anderson, which they kind of happened upon because he wasn't their opening day guy. But uh, you know, they plugged that the rookie in uh, at Joe Thomas at left tackle, and I think he made the Pro Bowl.
4: Yeah, he did. uh, No sacks
3: last year, right? (laughs) Gave up no sacks, so that's an important piece. I know it's boring to take offensive linemen, but for many franchises, they're the cornerstone player, and they're the most. The left tackle is the most uh, highest paid player uh, on on you know after quarterback. So obviously, it's an important pick and. We know that uh, the big tuna likes his linemen, so it wouldn't surprise me if he took either a Chris or a Jake long.
1: And I and I want to say this, too, guys. I, you know, I, the tuna that I remember, you know, he believes in running the football, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I wouldn't doubt that that would be the person that he might pick. Again, it, it might be boring to some people, but, uh, you know, those guys who play the game, they know that they – particularly the quarterback, he knows that he – and the running backs. You know, that mm-hmm. that's a position that's uh, – you know, it's very important to the, the success of that football team. And I'm sure the Browns are happy mm-hmm. that that's the pick they made. I mean, you know, yeah. you, you have uh, uh, Brady Quinn sitting there thinking, man, I should have been the person that was picked. But, Brady, you weren't going to make the impact on the team that, uh, you know, that the big fella made.
3: Right. You know, and what really intrigues me about this, uh, that number one pick, is really not them. It's, it's what then Atlanta does. Because we're talking about a franchise that is in complete disarray, that's just gotten worse and worse in the last three or four years, uh, to the point of embarrassment and humiliation. They have this complete overhaul, and what happens if the first pick is not Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan does fall to Atlanta? Now they have to go and think about taking a franchise quarterback who a lot of people think really isn't worth all that money to pay at number one. So is he really going to be worth paying all that money at number, uh, Was it, four that Atlanta picks at? They're at 3 uh, at, uh, at, at three, three. Yeah. Hey, We're not talking about a huge jump in money here. You're still talking about a very big pick. And if you're going to start all over, and you're going to draft Matt Ryan, and he's not going to be the guy, then you're just crippling your franchise for the next four or five years to come after that if you don't make any of the right moves. After that, so well, you, it's, uh, to me, Atlanta is a very intriguing team to watch to see what they do.
1: Well, you know, the the Rams are right there in the middle of that, and, and that's a franchise too that mm-hmm. you know used to be the greatest show on turf now, and you know now they're the worst, one of the worst shows on earth. You know, <laughs> you know what's going to happen with those guys? What do you think that they? I mean, they. I got a chance to speak with uh, with mm-hmm. Torrey Holt when he was here during the Super Bowl, and uh, you know he's looking for some help.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, to me, the difference with with St. Louis is that you know, unlike Atlanta, I mean it. They've got some players. You know, I mean, like you said, Tory Holt. Uh, if Orlando Pace can come back healthy, he's a pretty good left tackle. Uh, you know, I know the quarterback hasn't been a very healthy bulger, but he's shown that he can play. I feel like they're a team that isn't, you know, eight or nine players away from, from being competitive the way Atlanta is. But it's very important, and this is where I'll agree with you, Ray, they haven't really hit on a lot of their draft picks lately, So it's other than Steven Jackson. So it's, it's important that they, they get it right this, this draft.
1: Well, I, I certainly hope they do because uh, again, that, that that's a, a storied franchise, and and mm-hmm. I believe uh, they just lost their owner this off season too. I yeah. believe, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you know, St. Louis uh, uh, Rams out there, you know, it used to be, I mean, it used to be so entertaining mm-hmm. to watch that team. I mean, they used to have so much talent, you know, and again, you know, Marshall Faulk, we get to, you know, hear from just about every week, you know, that it's just one of those teams, you right. know, almost like, uh, you know, but you know, I'm, I'm going to say this, I'm going to say almost like the New England Patriots because. They were so good, but you know, and they they could strike with, with their running game, with their right. passing game, you know. But uh, you know, I think I like that team better than I like you know this team of which the the Patriots put on the field. I mean, the the, the Rams. Oh, gosh, it was just a thing of beauty, you know, to see that that team play. So I yeah. I hope that they could somehow find a way, you know, back to uh, to winning again and 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 get some real good ball players. Uh, you know, rounding out that top five, you know, uh... the Raiders are up there. You know, the Raiders are, again. <laughs> You know, had that first pick of the draft last year, and and boy, uh, that's something that uh, you know they didn't make use of that pick the way they should have in terms of you know giving him some time to play it until the end of the season because he wasn't there most of the time. But uh, mm-hmm. anybody got a comment on the Raiders? Because I think uh, we got about a minute left. And Jeff, you want to make a comment on that real fast?
4: Well, I,
3: they have to situate. They have to get their head coach straightened out first before <laughs> anything. Uh, it looks more and more like that divide between Al Davis and. Uh, Lane Kiffin is growing, and you know if you don't have a head coach or a person responsible for putting your team together, then you don't really have a direction as far as where you're going to go with a pick. Because no matter who you pick, you're not on you're not on page with your, the rest of your staff. So um, this this will be a critical juncture the next next few weeks for them.
1: Hey guys, listen, it's been great, man. Time has flown, and uh, we got to get out of here. So uh, thanks, Jeff, and uh, thanks, Joy, for calling in. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. And as always, I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. You and for him, let's
2: go. The opening kickoff is a beauty. There's a
3: fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a at tough the shot. got it With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out.